Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded in the beautiful Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Buffalo, New York. Tonight, it's Alex, I'll take travel potpourri for 500. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome. This week's episode is Alex, I'll take travel potpourri for 500. And the reason for the show title is I've got just little tidbits of things here and there that don't really fit in, and none of them fit into its own podcast, so we're just going to kind of combine them into one dedicated podcast about all the small and crazy things that I come across. So the last couple of weeks have been traveled by car which is kind of nice. No airports. Actually, this week I'm in Buffalo, New York, which is really a blast. The weather is truly amazing. I think the high this morning or the low this morning was 59. And this afternoon, I think it got as high as 80 degrees. It's a totally cool town. First time I've ever been here, and we'll probably delve into that a little bit more in a future episode. So last week, I got one of those travel blessings, as you would call. It was my wife's birthday. And so we had planned a small road trip. And we usually do something around her birthday um, and usually try to get in two trips during the month of, of January. And so I'll probably, we'll expand on this this road trip a little bit more, probably have her back on. There was a lot of response from her CEO episode, even though she wasn't that impressed by it. It did get a lot of responses, so we'll probably do something with her again. This week rolled into downtown Atlanta, where the, uh, the 4th of July ended up picking a room at the Westin. I've uh, switched back, going back and forth between Marriott. I finally hit my lifetime diamond with Hilton. So uh, all of a sudden, one day in the mail, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Up in the Air with George Clooney, anybody that travels or a road warrior, that seems to be one of the staples that we all watch. And there's a couple favorite scenes in there. One is where Clooney's in the bar with somebody, and they're comparing uh, travel loyalty cards and programs. And the other is when he finally hits his number his magic number, Air Miles, and Sam Elliott's the pilot. They give him the ceremonial box. Well, I came back from the road one day, and there was a pretty good-sized box on the kitchen table from Hilton. <laughs> I opened it up, and I have achieved lifetime diamond status with Hilton. So I got a really cool metal Hilton card, as well as a pair of Bose wireless headphones. Not bad. And a nice leather luggage tag, so... All in all, not bad. Lifetime Diamond, I think it's a million points, standard points, which probably would take somebody the better part of their life. I made it on 10 years of Diamond and then a 1,000 nights in hotel rooms with Hilton, Hilton on the name. Kind of a cool surprise. So because of that, I've kind of switched up some of my hotel loyalty, have been staying at more and more Marriott properties, going to try to hit... I think it's Lifetime Titanium. Marriott's recently gone through a whole reorg with their travel loyalty program, and a bunch of the Marriott guys are just up in arms about it. I think I'm Lifetime, I don't know, Platinum with them, but we're going to try for the next level. So I had made reservations for a, a decently high floor at the Westin in downtown Atlanta. If you've ever been to downtown Atlanta, the Westin Hotel is the round building. It's got a restaurant on the top called the Sundial. Growing up, that was always the place to to celebrate or do something with, and the rotate actually uh, spins or did spin. Unfortunately, a couple of years ago, a small child got pinned between the rotating floor and I think one of the mounts and ended up passing away. So they no longer rotate the restaurant. 
But anyway, we, uh, we roll in and on the way, on the way up there on the road, I managed to, uh, hit a bird with my wife's car and took out the headlight and got the bill for that today. That about $1,300 bird. I think, I think the bird got the worst of it. Uh, all that was taken out was a, was a headlight on her car. But anyway, we go to check in and as we check in, we go and the lady says, you know, Mr. Frick, we're really, really apologetic. Um, I know that you'd ordered a, a high room. We got you one on a high floor. Unfortunately, it's not a very big room. And, you know, no big deal. I think we were planning to stay there one evening night. But I kind of knew what was going on. I mean, I've seen this kind of this kind of uh, stick from the, uh, the, the hotel clerks before. Ended up on the 69th floor. <laughs> and as we walked to our room, it said Imperial Suite on it. So our room had three doors. Four TVs, two bathrooms, three refrigerators, and had a view uh, from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on the south. And then looking up towards the north, you could all, all, all see all the way to Georgia Tech and the varsity. So it was truly, it was it, anytime that you can have an upgrade when you're with family, it's great. You know, had I been traveling by myself, that upgrade probably would have been wasted on me. But they took care of me, and it was phenomenal. We ended up having dinner at the... Sundial that night. My wife had never been there. And very simple meal uh, menu. They have an amazing, amazing Caesar salad. It's got just hunks of uh, cheese in it with the heart of romaine diced up and kind of wrapped together in a nice piece of Melba toast. The chef laid out a nice serving of different sweet breads, cranberry breads, and encouraged everybody to take a salt. It was a salt, jasmine, and vanilla blend to sprinkle on top of the butter uh, that was on your bread. It was amazing. <laughs> and so uh, the menu was pretty straightforward. There was your steak. They went all the way up to the tomahawk. I think the tomahawk was 165 for two. And then all the way down to the strip. I went with a pork chop. My, my wife had started out wanting the vegetable tortellini. And our waitress was phenomenal. She was great. Her name was Ann. She'd been working there since 1984. <laughs> and so Ann says, Honey, the only way that I would eat that tortellini is if it had a piece of steak on top of it. She she talked my wife into uh, into upgrading to the steak, and thankfully she did. The drinks that night, I drank a Woodford Reserve. Well, started with the Woodford Reserve Old Fashioned. I've become a real fan of that drink. It's a classic drink. It can be made a variety of ways. You know, if 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 I'm doing it myself, I don't always go top shelf on the bourbon. They made it with a Woodford Reserve. But the best part of it is Old Fashions have a cherry in it. Now, if you've never had Luxardo cherries, you're missing out. They're about $16 a bottle. You can buy them on Amazon. But they truly change the taste and the flavor of that drink. My wife had never had them. So I gave her one of the uh, one of the skewers with a couple of, of cherries on it. I mean, her eyes lit up. And Ann actually saw this and brought her over her own glass with uh, two or two skewers of of Luxardo cherries, and she was telling us that the chef actually makes waffles in the morning for him and takes the syrup from the Luxardo cherries and uses that as syrup for the waffles. So just a fun night. It was it was a great time. It was one of those times when you get that upgrade, and it really seemed to have made a made a difference or made an impact. So let's move on to the travel potpourri part, and this is just you know pieces and things that I've picked up that don't really deserve a dedicated podcast or. Really not to focus, but just combine. They hopefully will make some sense. A uh, recent survey by, survey by the Kelton Group showed that 29% of Americans are more likely to accidentally leave a belonging behind in a hotel room 
than to take a hotel item. Among those left-behind items, clothing, toiletries, and electronics topped the list. They were followed by jewelry, including watches, underwear, and then hairstyling tools. Now, multiple responses were allowed in the, in the post. First of all, there's really not much left in a hotel room that's worth stealing. You know, growing up, everybody's parents seemed to smoke. Everybody was taking the ashtrays or the big giant keys uh, that, that let you into it. But, you know, short of that, there's really not a lot in the hotel room that's worth stealing. Most of the paintings, if you could call them that, are screwed to the wall. Most of the alarm clocks are dated. I think Hilton has a pretty good run on the iPhone chargers that have the old 30-pin connector. They haven't even updated to the lightning lightning charger. But it got me thinking about, you know, people concerned about leaving stuff behind. I mean, I have a pretty set pattern. When I walk into a hotel room, I immediately unpack. I don't ever leave anything on the bed. That's the easiest way to lose anything. Those bed covers get turned down. People sit on them. Easy to forget stuff in them. But I have a set pattern. I unpack my toiletries. Everything kind of goes in the same place. If I get out of that routine, and it happened when my wife, when we first got married, and she would travel with me, she would hang clothes up in a different different part of the closet. I mean, that's how I'm not an OCD kind of guy, but apparently when it comes to traveling, I am. I left clothes two or three times. I think I had to have clothes shipped to me. I think we were on a business trip towards the end of the, the week. I actually had left my, left some of my dress clothes early on in the week and had to have them forwarded to uh, my destination. Now, here's a side note. One of the guys told me that, that I work with that he had recently, long story short, had left a, a winter jacket at a, at a property, but he couldn't remember where it was. So he started calling around, finally found it at a Marriott property. And he's like, you know, come on, guys. It was in my room. Why didn't somebody call me? And, he, and the Marriott says, we do not call people with missing items. I kind of found that odd. I've had Hilton. Hilton called me the time with my wife. The other time we noticed it because there was no no hangers hanging in the in the back uh, pole of the car with the, all the clothes on it. So one of the things that I always do, especially in the bathroom, is I use a hand towel to lay out all my, you know, razor and, and cologne and deodorant and whatnot. Makes it easier to see. So think about doing that on the counter if you're one of those people that are so inclined to just throw your keys and wallet and rings and watches up on the counter. Lay a towel down. Really easy to see everything on it. Also, check the outlets when you leave. I mean, we're, we're, people are losing chargers left and right, and nine times out of ten, they're shoving an outlet someplace. Oftentimes, if I'm traveling with family, I'll carry a, a power strip with me just because I know that the outlet behind the bed is going to have one for the light and one for the clock. And so if anybody needs to charge something, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult you know, and before I leave, I scan the room. I oftentimes will have my luggage packed, laptop bag, everything ready to go, and I'll prop the door open and, and look the room one more time. If you're one of those people that have a really, really, really hard time remembering your room number, just snap a picture of it with your cell phone. Same thing for parking spots, especially at the airport. Again, I tend typically end up parking on the third floor at the Orlando airport and usually in row J, so I kind of have an idea. You know, if you can't find your car, Hit the panic button on it. That'll usually give you some kind of a, a verbal or a, a siren, so giving you somewhat of an idea where your cars are. Two big tips. Use that cell phone camera. It's used for more than just taking selfies. Lots of times when I meet people traveling, they'll always ask me, you know, how, 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 is it, how do you have any kind of normalcy when you're traveling? And so I do a, a few things. One of them is I, I try to keep to my normal routine. Even when I go to Vegas, as brutal as it is, 
I will wake up at my normal time, roughly 6 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 a.m. in Vegas. Sometimes the gyms don't open until 5. I'm not a big gambler. Casinos are always open. But as brutal as it is, I try to wake up at 6 o'clock and then end up trying to go to bed somewhere around maybe midnight Eastern time, which is 9 o'clock Vegas time. Another thing that I do is I never, ever, never take my DOP kit out of my suitcase. If I run out of deodorant or toothpaste or anything at home, you know, a lot of people's inclination will be, well, let me open my suitcase and get something out of there. No, 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 no. That DOP kit stays in there. I don't want to get on the road and find out that I don't have deodorant. I don't have, God forbid, toothpaste or something like that. Another thing that I'll do on the on the road is I sleep on the same side of the bed that I normally do at home. And even when I'm traveling alone, I'll usually still get a king-size bed because that's what I have at home. The other thing that I've been known to do is rearrange rooms. I've talked about it before. I think I've posted about it that oftentimes I don't know who these hotel room designers are. For instance, right now I'm in a room where I'm facing the wall and the TV's to my right and the TV doesn't swivel. So I typically don't watch TV in hotel rooms. I'm usually firing up uh, my Surface tablet and watching Hulu or YouTube or something like that. Normally, I'd pull the, the desk out of the wall, away from the wall, so I can see the TV. So don't be afraid to kind of rearrange the room. Do housekeeping a bit of a favor and try to put it back into some semblance of order before you leave. So summer's here. I think just about every place kids are out of school. A couple packing tips for summer. Make a oath to yourself or a promise to yourself not to pay for checked bags. I mean, as attractive as it is, and it's expensive, and I think now most of them are $30 a bag. So round trip, you're looking at about 60 bucks a bag. If you set in your mind that you're not going to pay for checked luggage, automatically you will pack less. And the other thing is, and I can guarantee you this, you don't need that many clothes. You're taking way too many clothes. You can wash clothes on the road, take a couple of those Tide Pods or a, a scoop or two of laundry detergent and put it in a, a Ziploc bag, throw it in your luggage, get a handful of uh, quarters so that you can operate the washer and then the dryer. Typically, you take way too many clothes, and I do it too sometimes. I, for some reason, I seem to overpack on socks, and I don't know why, but I always seem to have an extra pair of socks. Get rid of the extra shoes. You don't need that many pairs of shoes. I usually travel with two shoes or two shoes, two pairs of shoes, typically some kind of a sneaker or something that I can work out in, and then a dress shoe or a casual shoe depending on what um, where I'm going. And, you know, shoes are bulky, right? You know, unless you're planning to go black tie someplace and you could definitely justify a third pair, most of the time two pairs of shoes will cover you. Base bags, these are cool. The entrepreneur, one of the residents at Chateau Relaxo, recently took a trip out to Austin and he bought himself a handful of of the uh, space bags. He loved them. They're very easy to reduce some of that big packing. Of course, it wrinkles the hell out of your clothes. But when you're sporting nothing but T-shirts and shorts like he did, it made for a perfect week for him. The other thing is don't forget sunscreen. You know, Take it from somebody that's had a, a couple bouts with some basal cell on their head and probably one of the reasons I should work on growing more hair than I have. Sunscreen's another thing. Don't forget sunscreen. You know, one of the things that we tend to do when we're on vacation is you run to the store to stock up on all this stuff. And the next thing you know, you've got an extra 50 or 60 bucks worth of junk that you still have at home and you still got to pack back. So on airplane news, right, what's up with the 737 Maxes? I mean, I'm sure by now almost everybody's heard somewhat of the problems that they've had with the uh, 
the 737 Max. I posted a couple photos of the placard card in the seat back pocket of my Southwest flight that definitely had people shaken up because it was it was the same placard for the 737 Max as it was for the 737-800. And I'm not a, I'm not a plane spotter. I don't I don't get into all the jargon and whatnot. But this is this is really starting to impact stuff. According to CNBC, almost 500 of these 737 Max planes remain grounded worldwide, right? And so and here's kind of the, the, the humorous part. Of the planes grounded, 100 of them are being stored in the company's uh, Renton, Washington factory in the employee pet parking lot. So I've got a picture of that that uh, you can see employees' cars, and there's a couple of uh, airplanes in the parking lot kind of kind of right by, right beside them. I mean, you know, we ever thought about it. Where do you put a put a plane? I can just imagine with that because if anybody has any kind of a, an office life or, or works in an office for you know pretty much the better part of their week, generally everybody has some kind of assumed parking spot. I mean, imagine Karen, the office wench, goes rolling in on a Monday morning to her so-called uh, parking spot, only to uh, find her 737 Max parked at it. She'll probably be on the phone with human resources before you know it. Well, there you have it. A bit of a short one. A little bit of, uh, like I said, Alex, I'll take travel potpourri for 500 I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and safe travels. <laughs>